Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Tonight's reading is in two parts. Uh, the first part is Psalm 19, which is on page 556 in your uh, the Bible pews. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into, into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the, of the heavens and makes a circuit to the other, Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern their errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The second part is Matthew 7, 24 through to 27. And that's on page 982. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down... The streams rose, and the winds blew against and blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good evening, everyone, and uh, good evening to those of you who are watching online. Uh, and special shout-out to Raymond, who apparently told my wife this morning that he'll be watching specifically to make sure that I teach the Bible properly. <laughs> Can I encourage you to uh, open your Bibles to page 982? It's always good to have your Bibles open. I know the words come up on the screen behind me, uh, but um, it will help both of us if you have your Bibles open. Having prayerfully spent significant time in the week studying the Scriptures, reflecting on various commentaries 
on the passage and testing my conclusions uh, against the rest of Scripture, uh, my job this evening is with humility uh, to teach you what I believe the passage we have just read is saying to us today. Your job, I respectfully suggest, is firstly to listen carefully and to test what I'm saying. Not against the views of the countless opinions out there, but to test against the scriptures before you. That is why it's good to have the Bibles open. Just because I'm an archdeacon, that is no guarantee that I will get it right. So it would be good to have your Bibles open. But much more importantly, uh, there's a job for all of us here as we look at God's Word together. Because as we sit under God's Word and by His Spirit are convinced of its truth, then we all have to respond in some way. There will be a change of action or a change of thought that we will have to make because of God's Word. And we ought to pray that God will help us do that. That's the hard part. Let's pray. Gracious Father, as we come now to your word, please would you help me to explain it faithfully and clearly, to teach your word properly. And Father, pray for each of us as we sit under your word, that we would be humble in hearing, listen carefully, testing the words against the rest of Scripture, and then responding according to your grace and for your glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Buying a home is a big deal. Something we're going to think about very carefully. For those of you who are lucky enough to own your own home, it is probably the biggest investment you will ever make. One of my jobs as an archdeacon is to buy houses. It's quite a fun thing to do. I buy houses for clergy. And so when there's a property that needs to be bought, I go to look at it. But before contracts or money are exchanged, it's essential to have a survey done on the property, not least to check that the foundations are secure and that the house will not fall down, that there's no subsidence. It would be crazy not to. You'd never invest such large amounts of money without ensuring that the house is safe and secure for your family. But how many of us stop to consider the foundations on which we build our lives? This evening we're looking at the final words of perhaps the greatest sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus ends with a penetrating and somewhat uncomfortable challenge to inspect the foundations on which we are building our lives. Firstly, Jesus tells us that while we have all heard what he has said, there are only two kinds of hearers. So for all of us sitting here, there are only two kinds of hearers. There are those who hear and do, and those who hear and don't. Have a look with me down to verse 24. See, it's there. Verse 24. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And also verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Jesus says there are those who hear and do. They are the wise who build on the rock. And there are those who hear and don't. And there are the foolish who build on the sand. I don't know if you've ever watched a house being built. Uh, In my previous life, I trained to be an architect, so it's quite an interesting thing to do. The first stage, of course, is the foundations. And then come the walls, and then the roof tiles, and the the roof first, and then the roof tiles, um, followed by the windows and doors, making it all secure. And only after that are all the fixtures and fittings put in, and then it's all painted. And if you're lucky, after that, you get the garden landscaped. But notice which part here of the build that Jesus is focusing on. It's the foundation. You see, a house may look great. It may have all the best fixtures and fittings beautifully designed uh, and decorated. But Jesus' concern is what it's built on. Jesus is not giving us tips here on interior design, but on civil engineering. It's possible that someone might have a very Christian-looking life, one that ticks all the boxes and appears very impressive. But Jesus is concerned with something deeper. Just as the foundations of a house are invisible, so are the foundations of our lives. Throughout the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus' focus, focus isn't on what we do and don't do so much as why we do it or don't do it. His interest is at the foundation level, the level of our hearts and motivations. That's why the Sermon on the Mount, in Jesus says, it's not enough not to murder. We must not harbor anger in our hearts. It's not enough to not commit adultery. We must not lust with our eyes. It's not enough not to break an oath. Rather, we are to live lives with such integrity that oaths are not necessary. Consistently, Jesus warns us not to be merely trying to build impressive lives above the surface, but to be attentive to the subterranean condition of our hearts and motivations. And that's why Jesus begins this sermon with the Beatitudes. Who are those who are truly blessed? It is those with a particular condition of the heart. The blessed are not those with impressive exterior lives, but those who are humble of heart, mourning over their sin, hungry for righteousness. And this is why the close of Jesus' sermon that we're looking at this evening comes with such uncomfortable challenge. As I hear Jesus' challenge in these words, I know it falls squarely at my feet because I'm the only person able to inspect the foundation of my own heart. The only one who knows what the true condition of my heart is. 
There are, of course, many voices, even Christianized voices out there that are telling us that the truly blessed life is obtained through some of those things found externally, above the surface, in our health, in our wealth, in our prestige, in our power, in our fame, happiness, sexual fulfillment, marriage, family, and the list goes on. But Jesus says no. There are so many voices telling us what we should believe and think about the world. But the question is, which voice am I listening to? It's the same question as, where am I building the house of my life? We are all building somewhere. We are all listening to a certain voice or voices But Jesus challenges us to build our lives on his words. Look again at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That is why we see that Jesus repeatedly says throughout the Sermon on the Mount, even right back to chapter 5, uh, you get this repeated fr- refrain coming in. You, verse uh, Chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, do not murder, so on. But I tell you that anyone who is angry. Again, verse 27, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Verse 28, but I tell you. Verse 31, it has been said, anyone who divorces. Verse 32, But I tell you, this frame comes again and again and again. Which voice am I listening to? Am I building my life on Jesus' words or someone else's? Jesus' main critique in the Sermon on the Mount is that there are some voices saying that the blessed life can be identified entirely by external things. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, and so on. But Jesus says we need to go deeper and inspect the condition of our hearts and motives. The wise person hears Jesus' words above all others and puts his words into practice. Now, while it is true that no one can look at your life and by doing so see the condition of your heart, there is a connection between our lives and our heart and motives. The problem is that that link can be inconclusive because I can be doing all the right things for all the wrong reasons. Nevertheless, while Jesus' primary concern is the condition of our hearts, it does not mean that hearing and doing is entirely unimportant. It starts at the level of the heart, but it doesn't stop there. It will produce a change in our behavior, in our lives above the surface. So feeling convicted in church on Sunday is not the same as being obedient on Monday. If I'm stirred or affected by a sermon or while reading the scriptures, it does not mean I'm someone who hears and does. It might just turn out that I could be someone who hears and doesn't. Even the foolish man hears Jesus' words, and all I have to do to be like him 
is nothing. Obedience to Jesus starts at the level of the heart, but it doesn't stop there. So one of the ways in which we inspect our hearts to do a survey of what is going on beneath the surface of our lives is to look at the way I am living. If my life looks good, it doesn't necessarily mean that my heart is healthy. But if my life looks way out of line to Jesus and his words, that's a sure sign that something is wrong with my heart. Let me give you a couple of examples. Jesus says we shouldn't be angry with each other. So if I'm unwilling to seek reconciliation and forgiveness with a brother or a sister in Christ, if I keep trying to create divisions or tear a brother or sister down, am I really one of whom Jesus can say, blessed are the peacemakers? If you are someone who always has to have the last word in an argument or always feels that your rights must triumph everyone else's, even if that means destroying them in the process, do you have the meekness of heart that should lead you to turn the other cheek? If your head always turns, if someone pretty walks by, are you one who hungers and thirsts after righteousness? Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room to pray to your Father. So if you never pray when you're alone, that should drive you to look beneath the surface and ask yourself, do I really know the Father? Now, if questions like this leave you wondering, what am I doing? I don't think I'm really obeying Jesus at all. And in my more honest moments, that is my reaction when I look at my life beneath the surface. Then don't be discouraged. Because Jesus did say, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. But of course, also think then about how we might change to live for him. For example, one good habit might be to to make your Monday time with the Lord a time to reflect upon the sermon that you heard the day before, asking yourself, well, having heard God's word, what am I going to do now in the light of it? What changes do I need to make this week in the light of God's word? When you receive a survey back from the house you're considering buying, of course you look at the foundations, but you will also engage with the whole survey to see what's above ground, to make sure that's also in good condition. In the same way, a life built on the words of Jesus starts at the level of the heart, but it doesn't end there. Once the foundations are in place, it also matters to see above the surface on what's going on in my life. So there are two kinds of hearers, those who hear and do and those who hear and don't. But there are also two outcomes. Have a look down to verse 25. 
the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And then also verse 27. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Now, it's worth being clear here that the storm Jesus describes in these verses is not a reference to the storms of life. It's not about the difficulties that we all face. Rather, here it is a reference to the final judgment when Jesus will return to wrap up the world we know it and put an end to all the evil that spoils his world. Now, if you have any doubt about that, then we need to look at the text. So, see what comes before, and that will help us. So, have a look back to verse 13, where we read, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads where? To destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Have a look then on to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then also verse 22 and 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The point is clear, I think. Jesus is talking about that day when everyone will arrive before him to receive either eternal life or eternal destruction. And here in verses 25 and 27, Jesus says that for both men the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew. Because he's speaking of a universal day of judgment that everyone will one day face. For both the wise man and the foolish man, the judgment day will come. But there are two very different outcomes. One stands and the other falls with a mighty crash. And that should be both an encouragement and a warning to us this evening. An encouragement because if we are those who are seeking to hear and obey, to hear God's word and to put it into practice, then we will have had and continue to have that honest look below the surface at our hearts and motives. And the decision to build our lives on Jesus and his words will one day prove to be an excellent and wise one on the day of judgment. But it's also a warning to us. The foolish man who hears but doesn't obey will face the same judgment and his house will fall with a crash. Here Jesus is describing the full and final failure of that way of living. The cost of choosing to listen to all the voices out there and building our lives on the wrong words. Can we have the next slide up, please? I don't know if you've ever experienced being in an earthquake. 
this is a picture of the horrible, there were two earthquakes uh, that happened at the beginning of the year uh, in Turkey and Syria. And Syria. It's a terrifying experience. It happened so suddenly and so unexpectedly. People are going about their business as if everything's fine. With no thought about the office or the shop or the house that they may be in. But when the earthquake hits, suddenly it really matters whether the building that you are in has a solid foundation. But of course, at that moment, it's too late. Jesus warns us the day of judgment will come, and we better make sure that we long, that long before it does, we are building on the rock that is Jesus and his words. Will we heed his warning? On that day, we will either be glad we did, or wish we had. I think it's fair to say that on the other side of Judgment Day, there will be more people saved than we think, but also fewer. How is that possible? Well, what I mean is that there will some people that we will be surprised to see there. We will think, really? They didn't seem to be living very impressive Christian lives. Yet in their weakness and poverty, as they mourned their own sinfulness, they cried out to Jesus, put their faith and trust in him and his words, and found forgiveness. And that is an offer that's available to each and every one of you, even today, to come to Jesus and to find forgiveness, to build your life on the rock that is sure and stands for eternity. But I think there will also be fewer people than we expect. Because there are people that we expect to see there who are not. Because while on the surface their lives seem awesome and very Christian, below the surface, in their heart, they never knew Jesus. But more importantly, Jesus didn't know them. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So to the final slide. Here we go. There are two kinds of heroes. Those who hear and do, and those who hear and don't. And there are only two outcomes. One stands, and the other falls with a crash. What kind of hearer are you and I? How will we respond to Jesus' words today? Perhaps we can just have a moment of quiet as the band come up and just think about where we stand before the Lord this evening.
it may be this evening that God has really spoken to your heart. Maybe you've taken that little peek below the surface and you've had a look at your heart and you don't like what you see. We would love to be able to help you, to encourage you, to pray with you. After the service, there's prayer ministry in the back. There'll be people there who would love to pray with you. Either the Johns or myself would be very happy to pray with you and help you to bring your life again and build it on the rock that is Jesus and his words. In a moment, we're going to come and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. A reminder of all that Christ has done for us through his death on the cross. And as we prepare to do that, we're going to respond to God's word by singing a great song of praise. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Let's stand and sing together. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.